I killed my grandma. <laughs> they say home is where the heart is, so I wonder why your motherfucker always feeling heartless. Welcome to episode 11 of Doubly Negative. I'm going to be honest, Chris is a little drunk right now. It's 11 o'clock on a Wednesday. Kyle, for you, it's Thursday? Yep, Thursday morning. How was your Cinco de Mayo? Uh, I forgot it was Cinco de Mayo. I was going to go out and party, but actually I wasn't feeling too good anyway, and I had been drinking too much, so it was pretty uneventful, really. Okay. Any slumber parties? Can we talk about slumber parties, or are we moving on? Well, I had um, I had some, I had a popcorn and movie night. It didn't turn onto a, it didn't turn onto a slumber party though. Okay, what movie did you watch? Uh, Vikings episode one. Well, that's a show, not a movie. Come on! I heard it's a good show though. Heard it gets uh pretty Vikinging, Viking ing. <laughs> there's definitely Vikings, yeah, and there's violence. There's some raping and pillaging. Yeah, it's it, it's Vikingy. I need to watch that show. Haven't watched it yet. So I guess we'll kick off. We start the very first episode. We talked about depression, and then we both got happier and just started talking about dick pills. So I guess we'll say, mood wise, how have you been since moving to Bali? Well, that reminds me, I did run out of dick pills. My dick is running on nature now, and it's it's been all right, but. I'm always a little bit worried, you know. You, you like to have those pills in the back, you now in the old arsenal. Yeah, here's the thing. I'm not going to ship them to Bali because it's probably super expensive. Well, if my dick starts going downhill, that's on you, buddy. You should have grabbed a lot of dick pills before you left because I had them at the ready. It's one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made is not cashing up on those dick pills, to be honest with you. Well, we'll see how your Tinder stock goes over time. If the messages start drying up, I'll know it's because of the dick pills and the lack of dick pills you have in Bali. I'm gonna tell you this right now: things are going all right, but I'm I'm in constant fear. I'm I'm living in a heightened state of anxiety about the future of my dick, thanks to the the drying up of my pill reserves. They have to have some real good dick pills over in Bali, though. I mean, we talked about corruption a little bit last episode. Yep. They have to have some fucking bootleg bullshit that you shouldn't put in your body but is very good for your dick. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, no. It, it's Okay, so there's something here called Jammu, and it's just like juice made out of who the fuck knows, but they have Jammu for everything, right? So if, if you get sick, they tell you to take Jammu. And I've heard from a few different people here that they have Jammu specifically for libido. I have not tried any Jammu, but uh, it is well known that the Balinese have essentially dick juice. So you're right. Maybe I should try that. I, who knows what's going to happen with that stuff? I mean, why not give it a try, though? I, I got it now, now that you reminded me. You literally have to, just to see. It's like Viagra started as a blood pressure medicine, but they realized it was better for getting old men's dick hard. So it's kind of like Jammu, where it started as something else, but it's like, well, it's pretty efficient for this. Yeah, I'm real curious now. That's your homework assignment. <laughs> okay. You the got next it. time I talk to you, I want you to be like, okay, listen, I took Jammu. I had a slumber party, and it was the best slumber party I ever had. It could be. Yeah. Okay, so sorry. I, I deflected a little bit. You were asking uh, about mood, right? Yeah, mood overall. I, I was very curious about your dick, so I'm glad you talked about it. Okay, me too. But as far as like, uh, you know, just like depression and mood overall because i know a big thing even with you moving was oh i'm gonna go to texas maybe it's seasonal depression if i take the shitty sheet 
shitty seasons out. I'm drunk here, buddy. Yes, you are. You know what I was saying. Just go ahead. Yeah, I know mood. what you're saying. How is your fucking mood? I'm doing all right, man. I haven't really had a problem doing what I need to do, you know, and so I, um, I've only been here like two weeks or maybe almost three, but I'm getting stuff done. I'm, I'm working a little bit. I'm going to the gym. I'm meeting people, uh, you know, been looking around to see if I can find a better deal for a place. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living life. I'm not, I'm not on the sidelines. It's all good. Yeah, and I'm super jealous because, like, I see what you're doing. Like, we talk probably almost every day. Yeah. There's a couple of days in between sometimes depending on the week. But it works out perfectly because while I'm at work, you're awake. And 12-hour difference for those of you who don't know. It works out perfectly for us. Yep. And your most interesting times of the day are when I'm at work during my most boring times of the day. So you bring my days up and hearing the stories of like, you know, just even you at the skate park the other day, having a beer, just chilling with the locals, having a good time. It seems like a goddamn dream. It's cool, man. Yeah, let me tell you about um, what is a couple days ago now. So there's a lot of different like... Well, any major city has a party schedule, right? Like, I, I don't know, Providence back in the day, there was some club that was popular on Tuesday nights and there was some club that was popular on Wednesday nights, et cetera, right? Yeah. Here, it's very well known that Lingling's has uh, tacos for 10K. 10K is about 75 cents, I think. And I was pleasantly surprised because I actually, uh, I went to another promotion last year and it was tacos for 1K. But they were shit. They were like those corn tortillas that aren't even heated up. And like I had a mushroom one and it was just like two mushrooms. <laughs> so it was not a good taco. Like two mushrooms and no seasoning or anything. It was just two mushrooms on a cold corn tortilla. And anyway, Ling Ling's does it better. And uh, yeah, I went there. I met my friend. He's He's got a girlfriend here. So they invited me and... I'm there with them. There's like a group of six and it was pretty cool. But then um, one of my slumber party friends texted me saying, where are you? And I said, Ling Ling's. I said a picture of my tacos. And she said, me too. I said, really? And she said she was in the front. So I walked over to the front and there she is. So met her and then I went back to my friends and then my friends wanted to go next door. There's a place called Shooters. Oh, the tacos were fantastic, by the way. Really, really good. I was pleasantly surprised. And then uh, there's a place called Shooters literally right next door. We just walk outside and walk there and they got like a bunch of games. Uh, there's basketball, Jenga, ping pong and all that. So we're just hanging out there. And yeah, anyway, the, the whole point of me telling this is just like it, it kind of goes to my point from before. It's like this is a really easy place to just go out and have fun because I drove three minutes to get to the taco place in the first place. And it just kind of flows from there. There's a lot of people out like the place was packed. Uh, everything's doing pretty well here. Well, those type of places anyway. So yeah, it's fun. For me, it's like one of those, I I live in carpentry. If I'm going to go out, it's like, okay, the only cool restaurant is Black Oak. And like, do I really want to see the people that are going to Black Oak? No. The answer is no. So if I want to go anywhere, it's to Providence. Then I have to drive a half hour minimum, find parking, go out. It's like, it's a whole big thing. But in Bali, it seems like everything is within a couple minutes. Like, why the fuck not go out? Like, especially if you're not working a nine to five job and you just work when you want to work, why not just go out and work a little bit later? Yeah, you you just made me remember a lot of the the Coventry nights where like planning to go to Providence is a week in advance. And it's all these negotiations with your friends, like who's going to drive? What time are we going to get there? Where are we going to park? Where are we going to meet? Yeah, it's a fucking thing. And it's just not like that here. Like I kind of decided last minute that night, like, I wasn't even sure if I was going to go. And I'm like, okay, I'll go. 
And then same thing last night. I uh, a friend asked me if I wanted to meet at the cafe, and it's like one minute from my place. So yeah, okay, I'll go. It, it's nice out. The weather's good. It's one minute drive. All right. And when I get there, I'm gonna get a smoothie for a dollar or two dollars. So yeah, it, it's just easy. Why the fuck not? I hope I'm not beating a, a dead horse. By the way, if this is getting old, people. No, I don't think so at all. I think. Your Bali life is more interesting than me talking about my Coventry life, if I'm being honest with you. What what the fuck is Kyle doing in Bali? How is it working and how can I make it work? That's the big draw there. Because everyone wants to do what you're doing, but you're the one of the only people I know that had the balls to go and do it. And hopefully those balls don't go away uh, thanks to lack of dick pills. Don't put this on me, Kyle. <laughs> this is on you. So I, I know um, I know our producer, Jake, said that it was a good direction to go to, talking about Bali. Um, did, did he have any specific questions or anything? I mean, I'm, I'm happy to answer anything. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't know what else to say, really. He was more so just interested, and this is me speaking for handsome Jake, very handsome Jake. I can't give that guy enough credit. He's a looker. No, he is a looker. Yeah, he's a looker. Got a great head of hair, 23, I think. He's can fold like a lawn chair. Ladies, let me tell you, I try to stack this guy. Folds like a lawn chair. This guy has the flexibility of a fucking yoga instructor. He's nimble. <laughs> he's, he's a nimble motherfucker. So uh, <laughs> I think he's taken those. So fuck off. Because I'm sure his girlfriend's great too. He's got a lot of good years ahead of him. I'm just going to say good luck. Good luck, lady. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to... Good luck. Trust me, I've, I've tried to stack this guy. Good luck. Because this guy could fold in half. Fucking origami with this guy. Um, you living in Bali, questions Jake may have. Not even Jake, just people in general. Sure, yeah, yeah. Whatever you got. So you sent me a list of properties. and Let me tell you, I'm very interested. Oh, right, like the long-term potential. Yes. The fact that someone like me can buy property there. That was the big thing before. Couldn't buy property, can only rent. I want to be able to buy property, build equity, and then move that property if need be. Now that seems like a realistic goal. So it is still a little bit tricky. And this is something I had been thinking about, but I don't really have that much capital. So it was kind of like a long-term thing. But I met this guy in the gym. He's a German guy. And he seems like he's doing really well financially. And he told me he's building two villas. He found this builder and uh, for, I think for 200,000 total US, he's building two very beautiful villas. Like they both got three rooms. They, they overlook the ocean, lots of space, private pools, you know, the works. And from what I understand, you're still not allowed to own the same way you would in the U.S., but you can do what's called a leasehold. So I think he's got the property for 20 years with the option to extend for another 20, which is what he's going to do. So essentially, he's got it for 40 years. And then during that time, he also has the option to sell it to somebody. So I did end up talking to a local who's helped other people do this. And she said she helped some guy do something very similar. He built something for 100,000 US and he sold it a couple of years later for 300,000. So although he technically never owned it, he just sold the leasehold. Yeah, okay. So what, what I'm getting at is it's a little bit screwy and it, it might be a little bit scary. I definitely have res reservations, but it does look like a pretty good opportunity if you can deal with that uncertainty. It seems like you're trying to sell me a timeshare. And let me tell you right now, not interested. Hey, I had to take a shot. 
I feel like timeshares are such scams. You know what? That's actually what my sister said. I was telling her about this, too. And she said it just sounds like the best timeshare she's ever heard of. And um, she actually is interested. We've talked about it a little bit because she, she feels the same way about coming over here. She's got some things to figure out, too, but but it's really attractive to her. Yeah, I mean, you see the price and you're like, oh, my God, that's super affordable. Look where I can live for this amount of money. But at the same time, it just seems a little sketchy to me. Sketchy. Are you talking about the property thing or Bali in general? The property thing. Bali I'm all about. You told me about the corruption. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things I'm in on when it comes to Bali, but... Well, nobody's got to do the property thing, of course, and I'm not even in a position to do it anyway. It's just something I'm thinking about. But um, something new that I haven't told you about is, you know, I showed you this place I'm living in and the rent is like five fifty a month U.S. I talked to them about if they would do a special price for like six months and they're willing to give me uh, they're willing to give it to me for six months for three thousand. So I would I would rent this place for six months for three thousand dollars U.S. And uh, I'm strongly considering it. And actually, now I'm thinking like um, if people are interested, we could uh, we could put it on like the doubly negative Instagram. Like I could take some pictures or something and people could see like what you can get for, you know, five hundred dollars a month. Here. Dude, it's absurd. When I see where you're living and where I'm living and what I'm paying and what you're paying, it bothers me. It should. Yeah. No, it's fucking beautiful, dude. You have the outdoor pool to yourself. You ha- you literally have a private pool. Yeah. Uh, I got a shared one, too, um, but I got my own, so I'm not using that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, it's 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 annoying, almost. I'll say it's annoying, because I want what you have. Something else that's interesting that I haven't talked about is um, the way business works here. It's a really, like, people just trust each other situation. Um, I signed a paper when I first moved into this place, but it was nothing intense. And I didn't give first and last month's rent. I didn't give a security deposit. There is no security deposit here. If anyone asks you for a security deposit here, they're being an asshole. Yeah. Um, when I've rented motorbikes, they just give you the keys and you just leave. They don't ask for your license. They don't ask for anything. Um, what I'm trying to say is people are pretty chill here. And I feel like that's what the world needs. Just more, you gotta fucking chill out. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so there's a, I I might have mentioned this guy before, but on YouTube, there's a guy I really like. Um, he's like a self-help guy. And he's always talking about how we live in a really, like, for lack of a better word, like a, a pussified society where people are afraid to say what they mean and all that. And but there's a there's a happy middle and the people that say what they mean in general are pretty respected. And I, I think may, maybe I'm wrong, but I think if you're willing to stand up for what you think and and not just say what other people want you to say, I think that has a lot of value. And in my opinion, I, I think you should just go for it. I, I don't think you should be so worried about the whole canceling thing or whatever. I, I really don't think you're in that big of a danger. I, I think you have more to gain than you have to lose, especially if you have a podcast. I think people really respect people that speak their minds. Yeah, because at the end of the day, I just want to be open and honest. Like That's why we started this, for people to relate to. You know, I don't want to be unrelatable. But at the same time, when it comes to speaking out and doing what's out of the norm, like look at Muhammad Ali, right? He was at the top of his game. He spoke out, didn't want to go to the war. And right. it wasn't good for him. He was off. He didn't fight for like three or four years after that. Then he came back. He was slow. He wasn't the same person. 
But now that everything is over, we look at it and say, wow, he was a fucking hero. And same thing with Colin Kaepernick, right? Well, he took he took a knee. It was very controversial at the time. He's kneeling against the flag. And it's less controversial now, but it's still like a hot topic for some people. But if you fast yep. forward 20 years from where we are now, we're going to look back at him as a hero. You know what I mean? So in the moment, yeah. it seems shitty and it seems like they're speaking out against what's quote unquote right. But in the future, when most of us are old and senile, we're going to see him as a hero. This is why he was doing it. This is why he did that. This is why he was speaking out against police brutality. Like, it's, I don't know, it just fucking bothers me. Like, can we just... Ex- well, we're talking about being polarizing in the public side it, with, with your friends, with your potential dating partners, whoever. I strongly believe that it's better to have some people hate you and some people like you rather than everybody just kind of say he's okay. And that's what almost everybody today is doing. They're just saying the safe stuff and nobody's really going to like them because everybody can tell that they're not really saying anything. So yeah, you have everybody. No one's going to like them, but no. No one's going to try to fucking ruin their career. Yeah. For, for me, that that risk is is worth it. I, I, I the, actually the biggest fear would be going through life just just like that milk toast, not really saying anything, not really doing anything because, yeah, are you even really living if that's what you're doing? Yeah, because we're all here for like a very short amount of time. If you think about it, that's what they say. It's it kind of suck. We're here for a very short amount of time. Do what you believe in. Not to sound super cliche, but like, who the fuck's going to care after you die? Nobody. Yep. Absolutely nobody. Everyone has an expiration date. Okay, you have grandkids. They care about you for a little bit, but what about that next generation, your great-grandkids? No one gives a fuck. Do what you believe in and just just fucking go for it. I don't know. Because who cares? There's also the hidden risk in opportunity cost of not saying what you believe. So what if whoever you're talking to or whoever you're around actually really agrees with your stance? And if you made that stance known, maybe you'd make a really good connection, have a good friend or something. Whereas if you keep silent, who knows what you're missing out on? Um, and there's, there's a lot of situations like that in general conversations, at parties, in art, where if you say something risky, you might piss off half the room, but maybe somebody who, who could be a really good friend is going to say, hey, that was awesome what you said. Yeah, you're just living a more interesting life in general. Whereas if you if you say the safe thing, nothing's going to happen ever because you're just like everybody else. Yeah, but it comes down to like risk reward, right? If I risk saying this, I got to get this whole group to fucking hate me and judge me for what I just said. Or I could get 90 percent of this group to hate me and 10 percent of this group to really say okay i respect this fucking guy he you know he's doing a little bit extra he's doing his research he's making sure what he's doing is right for him i really do think you are overestimating the danger and i do that i could be wrong but i really i really don't think the risk is that big and I've done the calculation myself. The, the risk is worth it. I, I am in a safer place and my career is a little bit safer. Well, a lot safer. So maybe I don't really have much risk in what we're talking about. I'm not even in the fucking United States anymore. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's easy for me to say. But I, I really do think, fuck it, just say what you believe. It sucks because I want to live by that, say what you believe. But at the same time, I feel like I have to sugarcoat a lot of the things that I believe. 
because even here in the United States, I feel like a lot of my opinions are not what the majority feels. Good. And I saw a tweet the other day that I was I can relate to very much, and it said, nothing makes me feel more out of touch than looking at the top 10 on Netflix. Yeah, I saw that too. And it's so true, because you look at it, and you're like, I wouldn't watch any of this. This looks like shit, all of it. And even though- What is it? Top 10. Like, what, give me an example of a show on there. Oh, God. This is tough because I love trash TV. I love trash TV. And you do too because we talked about The Bachelor on here before. But but your point is that when you see something like that, like the top 10 on Netflix, and when you talk about these things just in general, you feel you feel that your own perspective is quite different from the perspective of the majority. And I don't know if that's because I'm just getting old. I know there's a show coming out about the Sway House. Have you heard about the Sway House? No idea what that is. Yeah, it's a house of people on TikTok that just do dances in front of a fucking camera. And they get a lot of views and sponsorships. And it's fucking bullshit. And the internet is pissed about it. Depending on which side you're on. But the majority is pissed that the Sway House has a show coming out. Well, that's a good point, too, that you just kind of rose there. Is you have the... The, um, let's see, how do I put this? You have the majority that are willing to put themselves in the public eye with their safe choices. And then you have the, the real majority because, okay, let, let's say you have two accounts online. You have your Instagram account that everybody knows who you are. And then you have, for example, a Reddit account or something. Yeah. I think a lot of people are in this situation where they may, they may feel pressured to present themselves in a certain way in their public account where they feel pretty free to express their real opinions in their private account. So this is something that I'm always thinking, and it goes back to the virtue signaling too, is when you see the people express their majority public opinion, is that even their real opinion? It is the majority of what America thinks really the majority of what America thinks? Or is it just everybody's constantly frantically trying to follow the school of fish? And this brings another hidden opportunity cost is it's kind of a snowball effect. If if nobody's saying what they believe, and, and you also don't, as somebody who might, you're also influencing other people to also not say what they believe. So I, I think that's kind of what's going on. I think it's just become more dangerous to say what you believe because less and less people are doing it. And then when less people do it, less and less people doing it and et cetera, et cetera. And that's what scares me is that what the point you just brought up is going to become like a violent, not violent, but just like a snowball effect where everyone's just afraid to say what they actually believe. And everyone just panders to their audience and no one's actually being real. Yeah, that just that just means there's no real conversation going on. And uh, in, in that scenario, I don't know if this is a one on one thing in this example, but I, I might even just avoid that conversation altogether. Like, OK, so I, I kind of made a point earlier when, like, let's say there's multiple people around and somebody might agree with you. That's one scenario. The scenario you're talking about might be entirely different. It might be if you're talking to somebody who you already know what they believe and you already know that they're not going to agree with what you believe. In that situation, I might even just avoid that person altogether if possible and keep the conversations real short because they're basically police officer that's coming over and asking for your identification. And you can just say, hey, what am I being stopped for? 
go away. <laughs> yeah, but that's so like put yourself in my shoes. Okay, so I'm at work. Someone that I don't talk to too often, but I mean I work with, comes up to me and says, "Hey, are you vaccinated?" And I say, "No, but I'm going to make the appointment soon, just because I feel pressured into telling them, 'Hey, I'm not against it.'" And that's why I say I'm going to make the appointment soon. I have no intent to make the appointment soon, whatsoever. Yeah, fuck that, dude. I'm I'm not in a rush. In the same situation, okay, go go ahead. So so we're we're at work, right? And you just walk up to me. You're, you're them, right? Yeah. Let's let's role play. Okay. So, oh, hey, Kyle, you're handsome. I'm interested in you. Is that what they say? No, but I'm role playing. No, no, no. Come on, make it real. Make it make it like what happens. Okay. Hey, Kyle, how's it going? I'm doing okay. How you doing? Doing all right. Just got my uh, second vaccination last Tuesday. Oh, boy, I was sore the next day. Have you got yours yet? No. Oh, are you um, you going to get it? Are you against getting it? Or um, what's the deal? I just, yeah, no. Hmm. Well, why are you asking me about this? Can you elaborate a little bit? Do you like killing grandmothers and grandfathers or what? What? That's a weird thing to talk. What? We're at work. Why are you talking to me about me killing my grandmother? What is this? I went a little far there. Okay, we'll restart from the top. Oh, man, I'm sore. I just got my second vaccination shot. Kyle, have you gotten yours? Nope. Oh, are you, uh, you gonna get it or why haven't you gotten it yet? Yeah, I guess that is pretty tough. Yeah, that's, uh, that is tough. Why haven't you gotten it yet? Okay, where are we? Are we in the office or in the break room or, or what is this? We're in the office. We're right in the middle of everything. Smack dab in the middle. Why haven't you gotten your vaccination oh, yet? Oh, fuck that. No, yeah, dude, this is what happened to me the other day, and it was awful. Oh, I'm feeling real pressured right now. I don't like it. Exactly. And I almost, I was like, maybe I should just get the vaccination just so I can post a card on Instagram and then tell everyone, hey, look, I'm a good person. I'm not killing grandmothers. Uh, okay, one more one more time. Let's try it again. Hey, Kyle, what's going on? Uh, not much. You know, I had a good weekend. How about you? Oh, I had a good weekend, but my Sunday was ruined. I got the Moderna shot, my second one, so I'm fully vaxxed, if, in case you're wondering. But, um, yeah, I was just sore. I wasn't feeling great all weekend. I had some side effects. But Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you, um, when are you getting yours? When are you getting your vax? I killed my grandma. <laughs> That's the clip that Jake uses for the intro. I killed my grandma. <laughs> I thought we were going to take this here. Okay. No, nah, yeah, that, that that sucks, man. I get it. That sucks. Yeah, and it's one of those. That's not easy. Yeah, it's like, even during election time, it was like, oh, hey, but, and, uh, is it NBC? I See, I'm so clueless. I'm not even sure which news network leans to which side. I know Fox is Republican. Yeah, NBC is uh, is more the other way. Yeah, and the people eat up whatever side that they believe in. Right. And it's like, yeah, yeah. For me, I don't trust either side. I'm one of those guys that's like in the middle. I'm not going to devote myself to one side of the political spectrum. I'm sure each side have good ideas that I agree with. I'm not going to just tie myself to one side. So like when people are talking about it at work, a lot of the people at my work are left leaning. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, yeah, Biden, Biden, Biden. Yeah, yeah, good, 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 good. But I feel like I can't say, oh, well, I mean, this side has some good ideas, too. Like, being in the middle is a very tough spot. Couldn't you just avoid it? I, I don't know. For me, I don't really feel strongly about any of it, so I just try to avoid no, it. Neither do I. Like, I don't watch enough to be educated on the topic. 
Like I, I can't give you a right. strong political opinion because I don't know enough about it. And I'm willing to admit, hey, I, I'm out of my league here. I don't know what you're talking about. Like I don't have enough information to form an opinion. But from the surface, I see this side says this, this side says that. Both sides have opinions that I agree with, so I'm in the middle. But people that are in the middle face backlash from both sides. Like, oh, you believe that? And it's like, I, I mean, I mean, kind of, but I also believe that. The extremists make it tough for both sides, right? Because the extremists are the ones that are talking publicly on both sides, yep. whether it's left or right. And if you're in the middle or if you're like semi-right, semi-left, you're going to see what these extremists are saying because they're the ones that are speaking out. And you're going to make judgments based on what you're seeing the most, which is what these extremists are putting out. So you're going to assume everyone on that side is just fucking insane almost because what they're saying is just yep. like over the top. And I think people are putting others in a box where it's like, okay, you believe in this, like you, you're left-leaning or right-leaning. You believe this, like, oh, you voted for Trump, you're a Nazi. Oh, you voted for Biden. It's just, can we just meet in the middle? I think the whole political system is designed to divide people as far as, oh, okay, I believe in everything on the right. I believe in everything on the left. It's designed to divide the people. I think you're right about that. Yeah. And for me, it just goes back to what we're saying about the whole, is this even a real conversation? And it sounds to me like if you're engaging in that type of thing, you're talking to people who are never going to change their minds about anything anyway. Ever. And all these people so, engage in, in, in conversation. It's just, a, it's just a game I don't want to play. Exactly. So I stay out of it. Like people will gain arguments yeah. on Facebook and it's like, why? You're not going to change anybody's mind. You're, like anything you say is not going to change that person's mind. So why are you wasting your energy? Right. That's a good way to put it. And you said earlier, our lives are relatively short. And I think what's even shorter is the amount of attention you have per day. So do you know Alan Watts? No. He was this uh, really influential speaker. Uh, I guess you could call him a philosopher, but he's got a bunch of talks on YouTube and they're really good. And uh, one of them, he's talking about how everything in life is just a game. All day long, you're just playing games and not in like a negative way where you're trying to manipulate people. But when you go to jujitsu, you're playing the game. When you talk to people at work, you're playing a game. And anyway, you only have so much attention per day. So you have to decide which games you want to play. And for me, I've decided I decided a long time ago, I'm just not interested in that politics game. I don't think I can make any impact whatsoever. I'm not interested in making people proud of me if I say a certain thing. I'm not interested in pissing people off if I say a certain thing. To me, there's just no value whatsoever in that game. So I, I, I just kind of shut down when I'm around it and I avoid it in general. See, I'm like you in thinking that I can't play a factor in that game. I'm not going to change anyone's opinion. But I also play the game where depending on where I am, aka work just social situations in general where i feel like i have to play the game in order for people to accept me and i don't like that oh man i'm so glad i left the united states oh i know that's the it doesn't kill me but it kind of kills me here's something else i haven't mentioned here about bali but all the all the white people you encounter here including the americans they're obviously there's a wide range of opinion on everything but one thing we all have in common is that we 
kind of escaped. And there's a lot of like a lot of the bullshit that you're talking about, like with the political stuff and all that. Pr- pretty much 99% of the people you meet from America in other countries, in other countries, not not even Indonesia, but in other countries, you're going to share the same feeling like, oh, that's stupid. Yeah, you just don't want to deal with it. Yeah, you're, you're all people that have kind of acknowledged that that's all garbage. And I would say that almost everyone I've met here or, or anywhere else in another country that's American feels the same way. Like, oh, that that's stupid. No, and you're exactly right. It's just the difference between me and those people is I don't have the balls to just drop everything and move to another country. That's the only difference. I strongly recommend it. And in the meantime, avoid those fuckers. I, again, I don't know who you're talking about, but keep those conversations real short. That, that's just bullshit. Because, okay, the, actually, going back to what you're saying about the risk reward, right? Yeah. I, I do think there's a certain point to be made there. And maybe, maybe I'll retract a little bit of my feeling. I think my general sentiment was still correct, and I still believe it. But in a lot of these situations, you are playing a no-win game. You're playing a game where you can only lose. You can only make people think you're an asshole, and you're never going to change their minds. So that sounds like the perfect example of a game that I just don't want to play. And I don't know exactly what social situations you're talking about, but... Again, I would just keep the conversations real short and just eject as soon as possible. Oh, I'm I'm busy. I gotta I gotta get the hot pocket of the microwave. My my grandma's dead because some asshole infected her with COVID. I don't know what it is, but just get out of there. Yeah, exactly. And I don't feel like I should have to make these situations short. I shouldn't feel like I have to escape these conversations. Like, don't put me in a spot where I feel like I need to get out of this situation just because I think you might disagree with me. And that's the problem. There's no discourse nowadays. There's no, like, let's have a conversation about it. Because the extremists on both sides, their mind's not going to be changed. I'm in a spot where you can talk to me, right? You can convince me, like, oh, this is why this is good. And I'll listen to you, and I'll check the facts, and I'll form my own opinion on it. But there are some people where you have these conversations and there's just no changing their mind. They're dug in. This is how it is. If you don't agree with it, I'm going to bully you to the point where you either feel uncomfortable or you're going to change your mind. And I fucking hate that. Is there a lot of people like that in your life? I mean, I have a few friends, like, for example, I have a few friends that are dug in on COVID, right? Like they still won't go out. Look at the data. Look at what's happening in these these states that are fully open, right? Their cases aren't going up. Oh, oh, there's cases in India where people are dying and like there's not enough oxygen. It's like, okay, right now, that's not the reality for us where we are. They're just super dug in on their opinions and they will not pivot off of it, regardless of what I say. They're just, like I said, dug in on their opinions and... I feel uncomfortable telling them my opinions because I think they're going to judge me and not like me as much because of how I feel. They don't really sound like very good friends then, in my opinion, if you can't have an open conversation with a, about, about anything with them. But I feel like it's, it's not even so much my friends specifically, but I feel like it's just like where things are going in general. And that's on the extremists. You try to talk to them, give them facts on either side. I'm not picking a side here, left, right, COVID, not COVID, whatever. What I'm saying is like if you – no matter what you bring them, they're going to shut down what you say with something else 
even if it's bullshit, just because they're so dug in on that topic. Yeah, avoid them. Uh, they're not even really people anymore then. They're just human representations of political ideologies and they sound like people I don't really want to associate with. I, I keep my social circle real small, dude. Yeah, that's by design. I would rather have a very small handful of people that I can really talk to than dozens of friends that I can't. And it goes back to the whole playing the game thing. Where do I want to put my attention? I don't want to have those conversations. No, it's it's fucking awful. And I feel like I'm putting on airs sometimes with, with, with certain people. And that's, yeah, that sucks. And that's not how I should feel with close friends. I, I did feel that in the United States too, like when I had to go to family gatherings or something like that. And you're the, the word is like stifled when you don't feel like you can actually express yourself. That sucks. And that's why I like the conversations we have. Like no matter what opinion I have, whether it's like, oh, this is like a super left-wing opinion or a super right-wing opinion – I can say it to you. You're not going to judge me. You're going to understand why I feel that way. And we'll talk about it. It's not one of yeah. those things where it's like, oh, this guy's going to completely shut me down. He's stuck in his ways. It's a massive problem. Like we can talk about it. And I feel like you're one of those people that can genuinely talk to me about a topic and convince me otherwise if I think I'm wrong. And I will respect what you say. That's one of the best qualities in someone, man. And I feel the same. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking now that I, I, the best experience I have with that recently is going on dates and meeting these different people. And it's, uh, it, it, it comes down to anything really, not necessarily U.S. politics or COVID, but it could be dating practices or just living your daily life. I, I do meet the majority of people are like that. They, they have their stance and they're not willing to think and, and you can identify that pretty quickly in somebody if you've seen it before. And when I'm on dates with those people, I decide pretty quickly, like, I don't want to take this much further. That's really one of the first things. And it doesn't matter if she's really hot and whatever. If I don't feel like I can talk to her and, yeah, I'm just not interested. That, that'd probably be my most relevant experience. I, I have had a couple of those recently. Yeah, where it's just like, I can't tell you what I want to tell you and I'm not vibing the way I want to vibe as corny as that sounds. We're not bouncing off each other. My, my good friend, Steve used to make an analogy that people are like, uh, almost like Christmas presents. When you meet them, you have to kind of unwrap them physically or, or mentally. Sure. And, uh, you don't know what's inside until you do. So there's all these people out there and you have to go and unwrap them. And probably the vast majority of them, you're going to find like, oh, this is, a, this is a pair of socks, which, yeah, we are older and now socks are a good gift. But you get my point. Um, and the scary thing about that is you're always excited to open that gift regardless of what might be inside. You need to temper your expectations. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, and I, and I have been getting older. Uh, I'm, I'm less excited every time, but I still do get that. But then, you know, when you do open one that's really good, you go, oh, damn, this is, a, this is a great present. Thank you, universe or whatever. But, yeah, most of them suck. <laughs> For the most part. For the most part. I only got a couple more minutes anyway. Oh, really? Yeah, I got to go to the gym. All right. You doing squats? Uh, today is deadlifts. Oh, yeah. With some front squats in there afterwards for good measure. I had somewhere to go from this, but it's bugging me. I can't think. I don't know. Maybe we just end there. Yeah, that might be decent. Save it for next episode. A lot of controversial stuff in this episode.
controversial stuff about controversial stuff. But I mean, it's true. Like, who gives a fuck? You know, just like chill out. Let people believe what they want to believe in and don't bully them into thinking they need to think what you think. I agree wholeheartedly. Thank you for joining episode 11 of Doubly Negative. I'm drunk. Kyle just woke up. Do what you want to do. Yeah, thanks for that one, guys. You must love making my job just a little bit harder, don't you? This is life being bound.